This is a podcast about Jeopardy. Hey, it's Potent Potables. Jeopardy is not running this week, but it's getting ready to start up on Monday. Probably you're listening to this on Monday, now that I think about it. Monday or thereafter. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But we thought we'd check in. I haven't talked to you in a couple of weeks. Um, So we are uh, going to be talking today about some of the things that have happened with Jeopardy in the news since Mm -hmm. new episodes were airing. And then we might have a little time for some trivia after that. Yeah. Yeah. So if this is your first episode that you're listening to, uh, whoops, this is going to be a little bit different. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, We're glad to have you, but this is going to be a little more, a little more free form, a little more off the cuff uh, than, than normal. But yeah, season 38 is my number correct there. Season 38. 38. Is beginning this coming week, September Mm -hmm. 13th. Um, yeah, and uh, so obviously the big the big story is around Mike Richards' extremely short tenure as permanent host. <laughs> you can measure it in uh, in mooches, right? Um, yes. Yeah. In mooches. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, how long is a mooch? It's... Is it nine days? Uh, how long is a mooch? Period of ten days refers yeah. to the length. In which Anthony Scaramucci was employed at the White House. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, or 11 days, depending on the, 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 the source. Yes. Um, so, let's see. When was it that they... He was named host on August 11th, and then resigned on August 20th. So, less than one. Like, 0.9 mooches. Less than a mooch. <laughs> less than a 0.9 mooch. mooches. <laughs> <laughs> um uh and this does i don't know this this might sound a bit like gloating or or whatever and i don't want that to come across that way um maybe maybe you do i I don't but yeah like i don't know that whole situation was just just screwed up from the beginning yep like we we've we've already put our thoughts in you know before the season ended when there were talks of him being named permanent host and then he was named permanent host you can go back to uh, the recent episodes and listen to our opinions on that decision in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously he is now, you know, he resigned as host and is now also out as executive producer. So he is, he is out of jeopardy and also wheel of fortune. Yes. Uh, I, I realized there was a pun in there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's no longer in jeopardy because he is no longer in jeopardy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, yeah. Um, this all was precipitated, I think probably most of our listeners know, by an article from Claire McNear. Uh, Claire McNear recently wrote a book about the history of Jeopardy. I haven't actually read it yet. Have you read it, Kyle? Um, I have not. Answers in the form of questions. That's right. Um, it's on my list. Yeah. So she she wrote that book. She's very kind of connected into the Jeopardy community as as a journalist. And then she wrote this piece for it was for the ringer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, kind of putting together all the pieces with Mike Richards, there was some some new stuff in there that I think people had not encountered. She um, bless her, listened to all the episodes of his podcast. And 
unearthed some some problematic stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I feel like <laughs> there's I, I'm not sure what the lesson to be learned about podcasting is here, but it feels like maybe there is one. Um uh never ever make any of your opinions permanent. Mm. Which I have done a poor job of on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. I, I feel like if somebody listened to all the episodes of our podcast, we would come out okay in the end. I, um, I hope so. I mean, yeah. I certainly have done my best to uh, be a good person. Yeah. <laughs> right? I guess that's the, that's the thing, right? Like, um, if you're, if you, if you just are not in the habit of saying sexist and racist and classist stuff then it won't get left in your podcast probably yeah for a reporter to find right um yeah you you move that stuff to the outtakes reel behind the patreon paywall Mm -hmm. that's what you do that's the secret there yes so um (laughs) so if you're eager to hear our bad takes on things (laughs) become a patreon supporter so you can hear the first Mm -hmm. volume of outtakes yeah did I have any bad? Did I have any bad takes? No, no, you think, didn't. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I, I did. I don't though. think either of us had any bad takes. Um, yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I do feel like <laughs> it is um, the the fact that a podcast brought him down is somehow delicious it's, to me. It it is it is really interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I I I, I feel like that was the thing that kind of I don't know I don't want to say the straw that broke the camel's back because I don't think it was a small thing Mm -hmm. but like we already knew because of the lawsuits and the allegations and everything but I think that that was kind of the like irrefutable evidence Mm -hmm. the thing that was like you know you you can you can kind of like gray area workplace um, you know, environment stuff, and you can, if you're higher up, you can turn that around on the the people who are making the allegations as like, oh, well, that you know, you're not everyone feels that way, and it's just you being sensitive or whatever. Mm-hmm. But when it's like boldly stated in a recorded medium, like in his own voice, it's hard to argue with that. Yeah, yeah, and so the result is, uh, Mayim Bialik will take over. We're not sure for how long. They have not, uh, to my knowledge, um, they, they haven't really given specifics to it. They will continue the guest host shtick for mm-hmm. a while while they continue searching for a permanent host. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we know that Mind Bialik is, you know, w- will continue as one of those guest hosts and, and is also still on as the... Um, Like in the 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 host of of primetime and, and spinoff stuff. Yep. Um, which I know I know plenty of people have issue with her as a choice too. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. She. I mean, the things I hear come up with her are kind of using her academic credentials while pushing kind of pseudoscience-y things, right? She has mm-hmm. a deal with, is it 
is it Prevagen or is it? I don't think it's um, Prevagen. It's yeah. New, new, new uh, um, Nereva. Nereva. Right, Nereva. Yeah. Um, and um, so that that's one thing. And then she has um, expressed some skepticism about um, vaccines. It's not sort of a full-on, you know, overall anti-vaccination standpoint. But... Mm-hmm. You know, she's um, I think she had some there was some quote that somebody found that, you know, where she said, oh, you know, am I against vaccinations? No. But do I think that we, you know, vaccinate too much and that parents don't research what these vaccines are and what they're for? Yes. And like, you know, just I mean, like. Yeah. I, 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 what research it, exactly would I as an individual parent do exactly. to determine that the overwhelming consensus of medical and scientific professionals is wrong, you know, like exactly, um, exactly. That that's. I mean, it seems like a very reasonable take on the outset, but then you take it that step further to like, well, but you see, I'm a music teacher. Yeah. How how, how can I do? More research than mm-hmm. the researchers, right? Who have um, determined that this is the the right option. Yeah, um, yeah, and I mean, encouraging hesitant parents to quote unquote do their research. Like, it, what what that ends up meaning is like watch YouTube videos, mm-hmm. and like the algorithm's going to pull you into the stuff that you're hoping to hear anyway, and then it's going to be confirmation bias. And like, like right. do your, do your own research sounds very innocuous and like, you know, but yeah, it's very good at spreading misinformation and mm-hmm. polarizing people. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she's tried to clarify her vaccine stance, but I think ultimately her vaccine stance is neither fully anti all vaccines nor entirely pro vaccine, you know, so her attempts at clarification, I think are, um, I, I, I am not fully satisfied by them. Right. Um, me, me neither. I believe yeah. that she's come out to say that she and her children are vaccinated. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what she means by that. But anyway, um, if somebody has been paying more attention to that than me, maybe there's other, maybe there's a little more to know. I don't know. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. That. And the other thing I've, I sort of hear people complaining about is that she had some kind of both sides ish kinds of takes about like me, the Me Too movement and like, uh, like sexual harassment in the entertainment indi- industry. Some like, oh, that, some like, oh, that's very sad. And, you know, I haven't been subjected to that because I dress the right way, kinds of like some oh. kind of piece like that. Oh. Um, yeah. God. So that's hopefully, hopefully that is an accurate enough assessment of the critiques of Maya Bialik that I, I'm not opening myself up to, uh, any, lawsuits or whatever um right we're we're saying this all with the caveat of hearsay yeah yeah so those are the complaints that i hear about my embryonic um plus then of course there are the people who are like oh i just didn't like how she hosted right like that's the right which that's kind of the other side 
yeah. I don't care about that. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, yeah. Everyone can have their opinion about how someone did as a host. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever. Everyone's going to be dissatisfied with, or not everyone, but there will always be people who are dissatisfied with the choice. Yep. Based simply on, I thought someone else did it better. Yeah. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. I thought, honestly, I thought she did do a good job as a host. Yeah. Yeah, I thought, I thought she did aside. a good job. Um, yeah. And I, um, somebody doesn't need to agree with my opinions on everything in order to, you know, do a good job hosting Jeopardy. But right. those, those first two objections seem to me um, concerning insofar as Jeopardy is about valuing knowledge yep. and knowledge facts. and facts. Um, and yes. like pseudoscience, nutritional supplements and vaccine skepticism are not in line with those values from my point of view. Right. Um, yeah. The right. sexual harassment, modest, modesty stuff bugs me. Um, but I don't see it as necessarily disqualifying, just distasteful. Right. It, it is, it is bad, but it is not the purview of Jeopardy right. in the way yeah. that like, Mm-hmm. Other, you know, the other topics kind of are. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, those first two things seem to be sort of squarely within, like, like Jeopardy sh- should be about facts and knowledge and, you know, getting that stuff right. And I, and I don't see those first two things as in line with that. So, but yeah. whatever. We'll see. We'll see how things go. Um, I really, really hope that we have members of the Clue Crew in the um in the guest host lineup that's that is what i told everybody who asked me before mm-hmm. you know when alex was still alive and i was you know interviewed or whatever people were talking to me from when i was on you know obviously like we knew he had cancer we knew he was old and people were like you know who do you think will take over afterward and, and my first answer was always jimmy mm-hmm. that just makes sense he's already on staff he runs the rehearsals and he does an excellent job of it He's a familiar face to the Jeopardy audience. I, I just, it did not even mm-hmm. occur to me that there would be something like a guest host rotation or a search. Yeah. It just, I just thought that Jimmy was the obvious next choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I was surprised that uh, neither Jimmy nor Sarah were in the guest host lineup. And then realizing that the person who set the guest host lineup ended up picking himself as the as the best um i mean it was more complicated than that um you know like i don't know how conniving he was in setting things up but if you want the position you're gonna then not yeah not scheduling the obvious choice for a tryout makes a lot of sense would make sense um that's a good point yeah anyway i hope i hope that we see jimmy up there because yeah. he was he was great. He uh, was so good. And yeah, I don't know. Well, Jimmy McGuire, if you listen, we're pulling for you, I guess. A lot of people are on the Twitter right now, you know, with the pick Buzzy for it. And, you know, Buzzy mm-hmm. would be fine. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Buzzy would be a good choice. I think I think most of the guest hosts would be a fine choice. Yeah. I think most of them did fine. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyway, uh, a little aside, I don't know if you've uh, gone through the whole Jeopardy website. One thing, one issue I do take with the Jeopardy website, like, 
the new season starts on Monday and it is not updated. <laughs> like, mm. like the homepage is still like there's Matt Amodio's stats, but then there's just stuff from last season. And it's like, that's, that's fine. It's not bad. It's just not even a mention of season 38 on the main page of this yep. <laughs> of America's favorite quiz show. And that was the way it was too. Like it's at the, the way it is at ev- the start of every season. It's not until the day that show airs that they like update their website. <laughs> and I just, I don't know. I think it's kind of weird, but uh, if you go over to the about side, if you go down to production team and you can, you can look at these bios. There's some, there's some interesting things here. Like my Bialik is listed as a host. Uh, Johnny Gilbert has his bio there. Ken Jennings has a bio. And the <laughs> show writers' bios are hilarious. I assume they wrote them themselves. Oh, presumably, right? Yeah. I mean I mean you, who else would write them, right? You you have to have a you have to you have to be a pretty big deal, I think, before you get to stop writing your own bios for everything. That, that's fair. Um, but they're they're very good. Yeah. The show writers' bios are very good. So to whoever the writers are that listen to us, because we know at least some of you do. Uh, I appreciate your bio, whoever you are, because I appreciated all of them. So whichever whichever ones listen, your bio is awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm reading them now. They're good. Yeah. They're very good. Mark has co-written five episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Uh, read all the way to the end. <laughs> okay. He might have. <laughs> we just don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, now I'm going to try and figure out which which sentences are untrue. Oh, these are great. These well, are well, great. I'll, let's read them for the audience. Maybe you guys can think about it, too. So, Mark Gaberman. Mark has co-written five episodes of Star Trek Voyager. He played in the New York Yankees farm system for three seasons before moving to Hollywood to pursue a writing career. He has won Emmy Awards, a Peabody Award, and a WGA Award. He wrote for Rock and Roll Jeopardy and Sports Jeopardy. He was granted two patents for improved for improvements to medical devices. He penned the liner notes for Better Than Ezra's Greatest Hits CD. He earned his doctorate in astrophysics from UCLA in 2008. That one feels spurious. Mm-hmm. He appeared in an Academy Award-winning film. He has a book called The Completely Guilty Bystander, available on Amazon. We could we could verify that. that. That's fact-checkable. Oh, some of these... Some, uh, uh, Decent number of these Most are. Most of them are. Yeah. He, he lives in Los Angeles with his wife, son, and dog. He wants you to know that three of those ten sentences are untrue, because after writing facts all day, sometimes it's fun for him to just make stuff up. <laughs> so that's the kind of thing you can see on these show writers' bios. Yeah. Check them out. They're, they're very good. I feel like he wrote for Rock and Roll Jeopardy and Sports Jeopardy is maybe one of the untrue ones, because, like, you know, if you're... You know, like the the two truths and a lie technique, mm-hmm. where you throw in something like extremely mundane uh-huh. that is not correct. Like that that feels like that that's what this one feels like, right? Yes, like you would totally would expect it. Like probably he wrote for Sports Jeopardy, but not Rock and Roll Jeopardy or vice versa. Yeah, I I would agree. Writing for Rock and Roll Jeopardy and Sports Jeopardy is extremely mundane. Mm-hmm. I mean, in in terms of like the <laughs> biography of a Jeopardy writer, of a Jeopardy right? writer, yeah, 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 I, I, I get you, I get you. Um, yeah, uh, it, you would, yeah, this it it's it seems like well, obviously that one must be true, you know, and like that's that's what you want your lies to be like when you're mm-hmm. when you're trying to hide them. Oh yeah, uh, oh yeah. Advice on lying from a clergy person. There you go. <laughs> um, yes, lies should be simple enough. 
but specific enough mm-hmm. to be believable and maintainable. You I'm, heard it from us. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I, I'm searching Amazon for The Completely Guilty Bystander. All right, that one is true. He actually does have a book called The Completely Bil- Guilty Bystander? He does, yes. What is it about? All right, apparently this is now a Mark <laughs> Gaberman fan cast. What <laughs> Mark Gaberman, change your bio to mention us. <laughs> Let us know if it's you. Whoever it is, like... Yeah, like, we could read it. I wonder if someone puts in here, like, is also a fan of podcasts. Just just slip it in there. Mm-hmm. I still it- don't know what this book is about. Yeah, the description is very hard to parse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm I'm completely intrigued. A collection of casual the- observations and one seriously dysfunctional family. <laughs> Look at his bio, though. I know. It makes sense. Born like, in it, New York City, fits. Mark Gaberman has co-written four episodes of Star Trek Voyager. What if What if the sentence isn't true because it's 4.5? Ooh, that's a very good way to lie. You just mm-hmm. change one little detail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Okay. Anyway, Mark Gaberman, apparently we're, uh, we're going to be checking out your book. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Um, do we have any more, like... Jeopardy stuff to mention. Oh, Matt Amodio. Yes. Matt, Matt Amodio, Amodio will be back on Monday. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, he's, what, like the third winningest or something? Uh, um, yes. Third highest winning contestant. Yes. In, term, in terms of money and... Ga- no. Um, 18 games is number five. Okay. Yep. Uh, mm, Four? Set uh, 74, 32, 1, 2, 3. I think it's six. Jason, Zufrenary, and David Madden are tied with 19 wins each. Okay. And Julia Collins has 20. And Julia Collins has 20. And then, then Ken is the yeah. top, of course. And then James. Yeah. Yeah. So he's he's in there between Matt Jackson and Jason Zufrenary and David Madden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's he's at sixth in terms of number of wins. But with one more, so, he'll tie for fourth. Yeah. A record-breaking, record-setting run that has been completely overshadowed by nonsensical mm-hmm. drama that could have totally been avoided. Absolutely. Um, Arthur Chu had an editorial to that effect. Uh, Jeopardy! Super Champion 11, 11 game winner, Arthur Chu, um, wrote about that uh, in the Washington Post back uh, when this was all happening, um, basically making the case that like the the whole rotation of guest hosts and the scandals and you know whatever that that's all the stuff about Mike Richards overshadowed the contestants and you know a a, a really remarkable run has sort of taken a backseat in terms of like public discourse about Jeopardy. And that Alex all, Alex Trebek always talked about the contestants being the real star of the show. So mm-hmm. it'll be it'll be Mike Richards hosting on Monday because um, they taped, they did a week of taping before this all. They did one day a, a week's worth of shows of taping before all of this happened. Um, mm-hmm. But Matt Amodio and whoever's up against him on Monday are uh, are the real stars as far as Alex Trebek was concerned. So 
And as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, too. Probably most of us, too. Yeah. We don't know. We're not. I mean, we can probably find out through, like, Twitter announcements and things like that who who it will be. But uh, if you go on the website, there's no way to know because they don't update things. Ah! (laughs) It's like, yes, we... We want to celebrate the Tournament of Champions re-airing, and it was great, and it was fun to watch. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, congratulations to all the finalists and everything. But, like, we know you were there. Put up next week's stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Get us ready. Uh, okay. Yeah. Anyway. Once the new season starts, they'll probably start putting out info about yeah. who the guest hosts are and everything. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, big, like, congratulations and, like, you know, high fives to to the Jeopardy community for like <laughs> for, <laughs> for not backing down. Yeah, I I feel like I mean the Jeopardy community has raised a stink a couple of times this year, and mm-hmm. it didn't always go our way. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So yeah, no, I, I am I, I'm pleased with uh. The folks who got very loud about this and yeah, th- yeah. making the good trouble. Yep. <laughs> and of course, I mean, Claire McNear has already been like lauded to to great extent uh, in the Jeopardy community, but we, mm-hmm. we can throw our voices behind yep. that too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, absolutely. Way to, way, to, um, way to do the work. Yeah. I, uh, I feel like I should get everybody her book for Christmas as a, as a way of like celebrating yes. her and throwing some royalties her way i'm, I'm actually just gonna order it now yeah good because <laughs> like good. i intend to anyway might as well yeah. do it while i'm thinking mm-hmm. about it and i guess i'll also buy mark gaberman's book while i'm at it <laughs> I, <laughs> I i sort of wonder whether that book act, like whether he like has written it whether it's just on amazon to like See if anyone will search it and try to buy it. Like, are are you about to trigger Mark Gaberman having to write his book so that he can send it to you? Yes. I don't. I don't think that. I don't think that's at probably how the Amazon listings work. But I mean, who yeah. knows? Oh, the paperback is not out yet. Uh, it is, the paperback is due in April, and it will have the. It will have additional information, like with oh. this whole thing, is my understanding. Oh, um, maybe that's worth so- waiting for then. I think it might be. So the hardcover is available and that's the original, but she, yeah, she has, she has said she is writing more stuff that will be in the paperback edition for next, for, for next uh, spring. I spend too much time on TikTok. Um, I think has been a theme of the last several months of the podcast now. (laughs) Um, But the TikTok sound where it's like a voice saying like, uh, I can't say anymore, but I think I may have girl bossed a bit too close to the sun. That's uh, <laughs> this keeps coming to mind as I think about this whole Mike Richards fiasco. Yeah. Um, yeah. Girl boss too close to the sun. Um, yeah. He also was yep. in charge through all of the garbage, you know, like all of the three slash white oh, yeah. power. Like he he was the one making the making the calls behind the scenes that Barry slash Barry that mm-hmm. that I think he probably had to like make a judgment call for bringing Doctor Oz on right like <laughs> uh, not not bringing Levar Burton on until people had an absolute temper tantrum. Yeah, if only if Harry Friedman had made it one more year. Yeah, right. <laughs> like yeah. it's one more year, man. <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, um, you, everyone deserves their retirement from a, mm-hmm. from a, a well, well done career, but man, just one more year, Harry. Yeah. Uh, should we, should we do some, some trivia? Yeah, let's do some trivia. You want to hop into Proto Bowl? Yep. A little bit of, yep, little yep, bit yep. of Quiz Bowl stuff? All right. Hey, there you are. You're Emily and I'm Flaming Cow. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> How do I change my name? Uh, we haven't done Proto Bowl since the, I think the last time we did Proto Bowl on the podcast, which was like uh, a year ago, right? It's in your, it's in your little settings thing. Um, little settings thing. Uh, a settings bar uh, to the right. To the right. Oh, are you going to change it to your name, or should I? Should I find a, a gerund and a and an I'll, I'll animal? Just, I'll just change <laughs> there it. we go. I'll just change it. There we go. Uh, I, okay, so I set it to high school. You said high school. Yeah, let's do high top, school. Uh, topics are everything. Yes. Question one. Yes. Nice. Did it. Okay. So this is a science question. A fluid flow is non-divergent if and only if the time derivative of this property for a small fluid element is zero. The dynamic pressure is equal to half this property times the square of the velocity of an incompressible fluid. This property for an ideal gas is found by dividing pressure by the product of the ideal gas constant and temperature. The buoyant force acting on an object of given volume is directly proportional to this property of the fluid. The specific gravity of an object is this property for that object divided by this property for water. Name this fluid property that determines whether an object floats or sinks, and that is density. Mm-hmm. Nice. Man, these quiz bowl questions, they they yeah. have so many words so in them. So many words. That's right. one thing that I'm I'm running into with that knowledge bowl class like mm. knowledge bowl in colorado tends to have much more succinct questions mm-hmm. uh it does not have like five sentences that get easier and easier as you go it's just yeah. like do you know the answer no okay uh and i've pulled some quiz bowl packets and man reading those questions the kids are like what are you even asking mm-hmm. <laughs> like, i don't know yeah. i don't know man. <laughs> yeah all um, right next you ready for right, the next one let's go Oh, how do you spell his name? Close enough. Okay, close enough. Okay. Uh, so we had the question, two men holding a club and a net behind hide behind a wall, waiting for the titular figure in this artist's painting, The Menaced Assassin. An easel displaying a painting of the outside view characterizes his The Human Condition, while his The Son of Man depicts a man in a bowler hat with an apple obscuring his face. He also depicted a train coming out of a fireplace in time transfixed. Uh, for 10 points, name this Belgian surrealist who in The Treachery of Images depicted, depicted a pipe captioned with the words, this is not a pipe. Let us rename Magritte. Mm-hmm. That's right. I made, a, I made a Magritte joke to my two-year-old the other day. She did not get it hmm. for some reason. Yeah, that's, I, I don't know. We got to get on that. <laughs> She, um, we asked her what kind of art she liked, and she said, Dada. And I was like, <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we, used to, we used to hold the babies up against the wall and say it's Dadaist art. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Did they really appreciate it? No, not especially. 
they like uh, they like i mean they like being held up against the wall and people people sort yeah. of you know smiling Giggling and at them. laughing sure. uh yeah yeah my girls really enjoyed like when they were babies i'd like if i just like kind of press them against the wall they'd always be like <laughs> they'd always really enjoy it and i don't yeah. know why uh-huh. yeah anyway yeah but they didn't they didn't appreciate our dadaism joke especially i think Ugh, uncultured yeah kids uh, these days yeah all right, All ready right. for the next one? Yep, let's go. Got it. Nice. Uh, I finally remembered this woman's name and what she was and what she did. The question is, Rosalind Franklin was an x-ray crystallographer who probably would have shared in a Nobel Prize with her colleagues had she lived long enough. She produced the data which helped determine, for 10 points, the structure of what molecule, along with her collaborators, Maurice Wilkins, James Watson, and Francis Crick. Um, that's DNA. DNA. Mm-hmm. Rosalind Franklin. Very important name to remember, which I finally remembered her name with DNA. Mm -hmm. Congrats. The score right now is 40 to zero in Kyle's favor. I'm going to get one of them, though. You will. Yeah. Probably all of them from now on. I'll see about that. Here we go. Next one. Uh, I can't think of organelles, so we're going to try that. Okay. Ooh, Hmm. geez. I don't even know. Uh... Nice. Oh, that accepted it? Okay. I have. I don't know why, but it was accepted. Um, so the question is, the X-linked illness Fabry disease is caused by malfunction of these organelles, and other diseases involving their malfunction include Pompey and Neiman Pick. One compound found in these organelles hydrolyzes 1,4-beta-glycosidic linkages commonly found in cell walls, and that namesake enzyme is also present in albumin. Compounds destined for these organelles are tagged with mannose-6-phosphate. Chloride channels and hydrogen ion pumps allow them to maintain their pH of approximately 4.5, which permits the function of acid hydrolysis and other digestive enzymes. For 10 points, name these organelles that break down macromolecules and cellular waste. Uh, Emily guessed mitochondria. Which was partway uh, in, but I can't, yeah. I can't remember. We were far enough in that I was like, I'm going to remember the name of exactly one kind of organelle, so I might as well buzz oh, now. <laughs> I was with you. I was like, uh, wait, is mitochondria uh, an organelle? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think so. I thought it was. I thought, I thought it was a good guess. I was like, oh yeah, that's probably it. Um, then I guessed ribosomes and the answer is lysosomes. And I'm not sure why that's correct, but it said I'm correct. So scientists you can hit us up and inform us of why ribosomes and lysosomes are synonymous or close enough to each other that that's acceptable mm-hmm. all right next uh, question all right oh no 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 i <laughs> you can have the points you just have to read all those words yeah thanks <laughs> <laughs> that was i got in i got uh, two sentences into that and i was like this was a mistake yeah <laughs> all right next question yeah. okay let's go ah uh, keep hearing your space bar like just a fraction of a second before mine yeah Yeah. i so this is a mythology question the theban queen ino became a goddess of this domain after her death and a man named glaucus became a god of this domain after eating some magical grass after her father tiasi was killed scotty married a norse god of this domain oh married a norse god of this domain by choosing the god with the most beautiful feet okay uh zeus turned charpidus into a monster for helping her father expand this domain uh, in Norse mythology, this place was the domain of the god Njord. In Japanese legend, this domain is inhabited by a god who has jewels that can control the tides for 10 points. 
named this domain of the Greek god Poseidon. That's the ocean or the sea. I saw Scotty, and I like I I could not remember what Scotty was, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I didn't did not think she was the ocean, but I guess she is. Kyle has expanded his lane uh, lead to sixty to <laughs> negative five, so. Well, it's because I've been doing knowledge bowl class. I have practice, Mm -hmm. you know, I've been practicing every Mm, week. Yes, there we go. You're training. Yes. Um, Yeah. All right, here we go. Next question. All right. I should have gone for it. Uh, The question is, the Fisher esterification uses a carboxylic acid and this functional group. One of its simplest members can be used to produce chloral and its cellulosic form is found in plants. Characterized by a terminal hydroxyl group for 10 points, name this class of compounds distinguished by the OH functional group produced via fermentation includes propanol, methanol, and ethanol. That is alcohol. Alcohol. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. The cause of and solution to all of life's problems. Indeed. All right. I'm going to get one. Okay. We'll see. Nice. Uh, so the clue is, in this state, the London family holds title to rock formations that have over 4,000 petroglyphs and pictographs and are located at Bear Gulch. A former boom town in this state is the site of the W.A. Clark Mansion. Fly fishing in this state was popularized by Norman McLean's story, A River Runs Through It. The toxic Berkeley Copper Pit was run by Anaconda in this state, whose third most populous city was named by Lewis and Clark for the many waterfalls encountered on the Missouri. A town in Silverbow County is named for the Continental Divide that runs through from Canada through the west of this state, Butte. And, <clears throat> and Great Falls are some of its most populous cities for 10 points named this Big Sky Country uh, state with uh, capital at Helena. Uh, and that is Montana. Uh, they put in the pronunciation of Butte, apparently in case somebody decided to pronounce it but. <laughs> uh, you need to do that for high school quiz bowl. <laughs> you got to, yeah. yeah. All right, next question. All right. What? Hmm. I mean, now I know it. It's not a trick. Okay. There we go. <laughs> uh... Alexander, do you know this name? Scriabin. was so afraid of his piano sonata of this number that he never played it in public. The finale of one symphony of this number calls for a humongous mallet to deliver the hammer blows of fate, and this number denotes the submediant of a scale. The composer of Pacific 231, Arthur Honegger, and Darius Mio were members of a French group named for this number. For a major key, the note of this scale degree gives that key's relative minor. Symphonies of this number include Mahler's Tragic and Beethoven's Pastoral. For 10 points, give the number of strings on a guitar, as well as players in a sextet. Uh, Kyle buzzed in early and tried nine, which is what I would have also guessed at that point or for quite a while afterwards. But I got the benefit of getting the strings on a guitar clue, uh, which made it very clear to me that the answer is six. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. all right, I'm back on the positive side. Although Kyle's at 85 to my five, I can't believe I can't believe a like classical music theory question is the one that I missed. <laughs> Was- so I just went for it too early. I just I saw composer afraid of this number, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh well, composers mm-hmm. hate the number yeah. nine because mm-hmm. it's cursed. Like, yep. But apparently, I did not know that Scriabin was afraid of his sixth piano sonata. Now I know. 
All right, next question. Oh, yeah. In this film, one character tells a joke involving a family of tomatoes. That character's husband had a Samoan man thrown off a building, which is the subject of much debate between two men who later call Mr. Wolf. Christopher Walken's character gives a young Butch Coolidge an eponymous gold watch during a flashback scene, and the book of Ezekiel is quoted by Jules before he shoots a man who repeatedly said what? For 10 points, name this 1994 Quentin Tarantino film starring John Travolta, Samuel L. Jackson, and Uma Thurman. That is Pulp Fiction. That was a trash question. <laughs> I wish they would stop using the word trash to denote pop culture. <laughs> right. It is just as knowable information as any other topic. Incidentally, 1994 was 27, 27 years. Seven years ago. This classic film by yeah. Quentin Tarantino. Also, yeah, it, it is a classic. Like, Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Also, why, anyway. why, does, why is it spelled Tartantino? <laughs> Oh, there have been so there have been yeah. a number. Yeah, there have been a number of uh, number of typos. That's okay. All right, next okay. one. The question is: In an alternate ending to this play, a character is led to her children, after which she collapses and the curtain falls down. In this play's first scene, a character is called Miss Sweet Tooth by her husband for eating forbidden sweets. In this play, a Tarantella dancing character shocks Christine Linda. Because she knows of Dr. Rank's inherited syphilis. Throughout this play, the protagonist is blackmailed by Krogstad for having once committed a forgery. For 10 points, name this Henrik Ibsen play in which Nora Helmer leaves her husband Torvald. And that is A Doll's House. Which I know because of my flashcards from Yay. Jeopardy study. Flashcards. Ibsen and A Doll's House. Mm-hmm. Our next question. All right. Nice. Uh, Kyle just smoked it, me on a religion question. Uh, I mean, I guess <laughs> yeah. I guess it's a religion question. It says religion uh, in at modern, the top there. It does. I mean, it <laughs> says that, but I, I don't know. This seems more like a language. But anyway, mm -hmm. uh, in modern Hebrew, the word means cocoon, but it derives from an older word that means raw material. Often inscribed with holy words, medieval rabbis were said to use them as servants. Isaac Beshevis Singer wrote about one. But a more well-known tale says that a Prague rabbi created one to defend the city's Jews. For 10 points, name this creature from Jewish folk folklore, a creature created from mud or clay. That is golem. Mm -hmm. That's a golem. Yep. It's come up any, in literature a lot. Yeah. Any any self-respecting dungeon master knows what golem is. Mm. Mm. Lots, of, lots of golems in D&D. &D. Yeah. All right, next question. All right. There we go. Oh. All right. Uh, this man received help from Luis de Santangel in getting funding for one plan. My pronunciation is terrible. And this man was also helped by a chief of the Taino named Guacanagari. This man started a colony whose garrison was massacred called La Navidad, and that colony's inhabitants were sailors from this man's wrecked flagship. This man chose to sail to the Canary Islands at the beginning of his first voyage, one of four he made. For 10 points, name this man who sailed for Ferdinand and Isabella with the Pinta, the Nina, and the Santa Maria, with which he discovered the New World. That is Columbus. I recognized the name of the, of the people, the Taino people oh nice yeah nice. um yeah all uh, right discovered <sighs> yeah discovered discovered 
discovered <laughs> where people literally already were. If you go back up to the first sentence, you can see that there were people there. So right. what's up with the last sentence? Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Next question. Next question. All right, the question is, one of these speeches quoted Charles Evan Hughes' statement that, quote, we are under a constitution, but the constitution is what the judges say it is. The first of these speeches, which ended with the phrase, together we cannot fail, exhorted the American public to have faith in the banks. The titles of some of these speeches, which sometimes began with the phrase, good evening, friends, included on the declaration of war with Japan and outlining the New Deal program. For 10 points, name the series of radio speeches given by Franklin D. Roosevelt. And those are the fireside chats. Yep. We're going to go ahead and, and call it good there. We were, uh, in case anyone's wondering, we were playing on Proto Bowl. You can just go to protobowl.com. It is free. It has huge databases of quiz bowl questions. You can play with multiple people. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're just looking for some quick fire trivia with your friends, that would be a cool thing to do. Yeah. Um, just shout out to Proto Bowl. It's awesome. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed a little bit of trivia we gave and, um, yeah, it's good to be back. It's been a few weeks, obviously. So uh, we are looking forward to this next season. And we will be back next week with some Jeopardy recaps mm -hmm. and a deep dive. Yes, indeed. If you want to check out our Patreon, uh, it's at patreon.com slash potent potables. We were, we were just talking about how we're going to need to uh, figure out how to get some help with editing the podcast, hoping to uh, hoping to be able to make that work so that we can keep doing what we do. So head over there if you're interested in uh, in throwing us a few bucks a month. Um, and we've got a little bit of content on there. Yeah, and also now that we mentioned that, listeners, if if uh, you or anybody you know happens to like do that kind of thing, you can reach out to us. Maybe yeah. we'll uh, maybe maybe we'll hire you. Mm -hmm. You can find us on Facebook at Potent Potables. Our Twitter is Potent Potables One, and our email is Potent Potablescast at gmail.com. And we will be back next week with the return of Jeopardy, uh, talking about season thirty-eight, and uh, we'll see what happens with Madame Odio. Yes, uh, we will. Yeah. So until then, may your minds be quick and your buzzers be quicker. Mm -hmm.